Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. All right, guys, it's time for another episode of the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week of February 15th, 2021, Season 3, Episode number 6. Charles here with us again. What's up, man? Konnichiwa. Good to see you guys again. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. We got lots to talk about. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Class of 2021. Nominees announced this week, including Rage Against the Machine, Iron Maiden, and others. Dave Grohl has joined an advisory board to help artists affected by the pandemic. Uh, Late Metallica bassist Cliff Burton celebrated this week with a live stream tribute. Ozzy releasing another musical uh, collaboration and animated music video with Post Malone this week. Uh, Corey Taylor and Rivers Cuomo both want to ban their own musicals. Plus more of this week's new releases, weekly WTF, this week in music history trivia. Got some good ones for you this week. Uh, New albums out from Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, Bodies of Water, Claude, Django Django. Really cool uh, independent kind of rock group check them out florida georgia line sports the pretty reckless all have new albums out this week uh and coming up the offspring apparently going to be releasing a new album this year uh they finally finished their long-awaited studio album since 2012 they haven't put out an album and i don't know if you guys remember not too long ago offspring sold their entire catalog of music for about 10 million dollars they sold their entire catalog, their publishing rights, all that stuff. And uh, now they, they're able to record new music. They are able to, um, you know, do all this uh, stuff with a new album and a new label that's not attached to any of that stuff. And they cashed in on that uh, publishing rights deal. You know what I heard? I heard all this money that they got from doing that is going to go to their offspring. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's all, I heard most of that goes to Dexter Holland's um bleach job on his hair oh yeah actually, for right sure. there see yeah, that absolutely That's very expensive uh, feathering and bleaching that they do yeah that uh that I've, I've i've made this joke before on this podcast but the reason why his hair is that blonde is has to do specifically with that one monotone tone he always sings in <laughs> does it <laughs> and it turns his Could hair you let blonde. the listeners know what that kind of sounds yeah. like maybe that's it. Wow, that that was Dexter Holland. Just stop by, just do a little, yep, do a little vocal. Exactly. For us. You know, he's a big fan of the podcast. He's like, I really like this podcast. Really this like podcast it. is really nice. One, two, three, four. All right. <laughs> so virtual shows this past week. Cliff Burton Day was on February 10th on Wednesday. Uh, Cliff Burton, basically responsible for making Metallica a Bay Area band. He's the one who lived in Castor Valley. The rest of the band lived in L.A. They moved up there uh, to uh, kind of be let him basically be a part of the band and as well as relocate and try and make a scene up there and they are responsible for quite a bit yeah you know they're they're a revolutionary band cliff burton revolutionary part of it uh it was on twitch it was a live stream Uh, a bunch of artists uh did a very cool performance lots of cool stuff you guys can check it out on twitch uh uh, or on cliff burton family's uh youtube channel they have it on demand you can watch it um it was pretty cool uh great performances and also uh, just a little history. We were talking about it off off uh, recording. Cliff Burton joined Metallica in 1982. We were saying what year did he die, and it was actually 1986, September 27th, while on tour in Sweden. Mm. He was on the band's first three studio albums, 
Died at age 24 on that tour bus crash. God, uh, such an awesome basis, too. Crazy. And you know, it, that little, that first part of that kind of solo, that yep. that was the first thing I ever learned on the bass. Anesthesia, pulling teeth, mm-hmm. that's yep. an amazing one, man. That, that fuzzy uh, bass sound that he had, amazing bass player. Um, so, yeah, check that out. It was on uh, Twitch, and it's on YouTube now. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this week, though. They announced all the nominees, including Rage Against the Machine, yes. uh, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, uh, look at look out who else is on here. What do we got? Kate Bush, Chaka Khan, Devo, Iron Maiden, The Go-Go's, Carol King, New York Dolls, Tina Turner, Diane Warwick, Fela Kuti, Mary J. Blige, Todd Rundgren, and LL Cool J. Nice. So to be eligible for a nomination, you got to have re- recorded something and released something 25 years ago prior to the year of nomination. So we were saying that's 1996 that you would have had to have had an album out to be nominated this man, year. We are old. I know, man. That seems God. like not like that yesterday. long ago. That doesn't seem yeah. that 25 years ago. That's pretty that's, crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, it's going to be announced in May, formally enshrined at a gala, of course, in Cleveland. Not going to be happening this year. It's going to be all digital. Is uh, uh, Yeah, last year they did a thing. I don't know if you caught it last year. Mm. They kind of recorded each other at their personal studios. Like, hey, thanks for the award, you know. I yeah. wish I could be there. and that's kind of what it's going to be like. But you guys can vote now at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, website, and you can vote for the fan vote. Is uh, is Do they do that in uh, the actual ceremony? Do they do that like in L.A.? Uh, no, it's in Cleveland. I think they actually oh. do it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I guess then LL Cool J would, won't have to go back to Cali. <laughs> to Cali. Ba-doo-ch. To Cali. Badooch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Steve Perry was, uh, wasn't it? Uh, Journey was on there last year, yeah, they? yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and Steve Perry and the band members don't they still have like some strife between yeah, them? Yeah, because he didn't perform with the band, yeah, um, when they got inducted, yeah, yeah. anyway, that's so, so stupid, right? It's, it's like, crazy, on, guys, but whatever. Um, Dave Grohl, we were speaking of Foo Fighters getting inducted. Dave Grohl also joining an advisory board to help the artists affected by the pandemic, awesome. along with Run the Mike, or excuse me, Run the Jewels, Killer Mike, and Quincy Jones as members of a new U.S. advisory board to help support artists affected by the ongoing uh, global, global pandemic. It's called the NEVA Board, the National Independent Venue Association. Nice. They're going to quote, share their diverse knowledge, professional expertise, and streaming, ticketing, management, basically all the stuff to kind of like allocate these funds that were sent apparently 15 billion dollars in dedicated funding uh for live venues was part of the save our stages act that was recently became a law in the u.s it was passed at the end of december so now they have this advisory board to kind of how are we going to spend this money and yeah. dave, dave Grohl, killer mike quincy jones are all going to you know active members of their community really good representatives of their community i think they're going to do a really good job of yeah. dispersing those funds in a proper way right yeah they'll make sure it doesn't get diverted to uh to you know to other kind of special interests and exactly stuff like that. so yeah, it's good to good have guys. those guys hands in the pot because i trust killer mike i trust dave Grohl, oh, quincy yeah. jones all those guys have you know nothing but the best intentions and they're looking out for all the musicians and, and venues so yeah how does dave Grohl find the time to do this though with his 17 albums that he released <laughs> know, last week <laughs> did you see that shit oh we, we we forgot to mention this did you see this on snl with phoebe bridgers apparently <laughs> and david yeah so david you're you're our buddy our pal <laughs> david crosby got involved in a twitter war wow charles did you see wow. this oh no Dude. a coked out david yes crosby? He, he must have been because he's calling out phoebe bridgers on fucking twitter wow saying that her um uh, smashing of the of the guitar was pathetic 
and then he just put pathetic on Twitter, right? And then <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers replied to David Crosby calling him a little bitch. <laughs> wow. A, a Coke, oh, a Coke fueled Dave Crosby is Dude. Gonna, he's out right now, butt naked with a shotgun <laughs> and a, a whole string of, of, of homemade salami. Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> did you actually? Did you see her do it? Did you see the no, SNL thing? No. So but, yeah, she well, smashed her guitar. It was pretty cheesy. It felt kind of forced, yeah. you know, like it was like kind of like a, um, like you'd see it in a movie or something. Like yeah. it was kind of cheesy, right? I hate. I I honestly like it. it <clears throat> I don't know. It just it kills me inside to watch people smashing their guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just donate the guitar to some kid who's like an inspiring musician. Like don't smash your instrument. And a lot of these these rock stars they play some pretty pricey. Uh, instruments like donate it hell yeah right for charity I'll put it on the auction block for charity yeah exactly right why smash it up to where no one can use it or do anything with it yeah that kills me it's a totally selfish thing to do um yeah but you know it's like right whatever yeah so anyway I have uh, no idea who she is by the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's some I don't know some newer (laughs) artist I don't know who she is either yeah um newer artist um, so we were talking off air about uh, Ozzy planning to get the COVID vaccine. He's talking on his new XM, uh, Sirius XM show where he just basically rambles incoherently on Sirius XM all day. Nice. And he says, quote, I want to get the shot, but I look at it this way. If I don't get it, if I don't have the shot, right? I know there's side effects and bullshit and all these different conspiracies about the fucking vaccine. I look at it like this. If I don't get the shot and I get the virus, there's a good chance I ain't going to be here. Oh, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. But we were saying Ozzy could have bat blood already in him. Oh, yeah. He could actually be patient zero because Ozzy bit the head off of a dead, decrepit bat in like 1980-something. Yeah. He's been hosting the coronavirus in his body for the past 30 years. I know. Yeah. And then somehow... He went to like I don't know a Waffle House, yeah. And someone pricked his finger, and they got bat blood from Ozzy in their pancakes. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I you think know, that's probably the more plausible the, thing. The movie rights are already out there. Is it starring Dustin Hoffman at the end? Like you, he goes through all this, all this <laughs> right. dramatic stuff. I heard stuff, that and then, he's in it. Yeah. yeah, and then he like David Crosby comes in there at the end. Yeah, he's you can't like, even recognize him. He's so filthy. He's so filthy. He's and, just coming out of this pile of trash. Yeah. You can't even recognize him, and and then it just cuts to black. And yeah. you're like, what kind of ending was that? Yeah, exactly. What kind but of, yeah, what but kind then of like, was but then that? like, at, like after five minutes of black, then it just focuses in on a bathroom, and then David, Cro- a coke fueled <laughs> David Crosby, like steps out in his robe, and he goes, "You're still here." <laughs> <laughs> And he goes, and then it just does like a Looney Tunes thing on yeah. it. Uh, yeah, and it's all, that's all, folks. <laughs> and that's the end. That's the end. Yep. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. Uh, actually, none of that's true. But let's move on to some more rock news. Uh, Ozzy releasing a new video for his uh, last track off of his last or latest album called Ordinary Man. It's the final single, and it's another track with Post Malone. The, one of the first singles off this album was a track he did with Post Malone. The new one here is an animated video. They didn't want to shoot a video because of COVID, uh, which is, I guess, pretty responsible. And why, why would anybody be shooting a oh, music yeah. video right now? Yeah. Uh, it's animated. It's actually pretty cool animation. Kind of neat. Yeah. Um, check it out. It's not that great of a song, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 interesting that Ozzy Osbourne would collaborate with um. With yeah, the I got to wonder how yeah. that happened. Yeah. Like, if it's honestly just a thing with the producer, Andrew Watt, and he's like, hey, I know Post Malone, he's... He's a big fan of yours, and yeah. then Ozzy's just like at his age where he's just like, "Oh, cool! He's a fan of mine. Uh, cool, let's do an album." 
Yeah. And they're like, yeah, he's a million selling album, you know, and this would be great for your career. And they probably talked his ear out and all his young daughters probably like, oh, yeah, it'd be great, Dad. Do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. He's probably Who like, knows? Uh, fuck, fuck, who knows how this shit fuck happens, fuck man? Fuck, 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 fuck. You know, I was t- like I was telling um, I was telling Chris earlier. Uh, I until now, until this podcast, I thought Post Malone was a, was a cereal. That's right. Yeah. And we could. That's right. Post well, Malone was a, cereal. Yeah, was Wasn't cereal. it Qua- Quaker Oats? Like rolled. Yep. His Quaker roots. Yeah. It's, it's, rolled Quaker Oats. And it and it's uh, also yeah. based on boxcar, boxcar hopping. Yeah. And the life of a hobo. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, it's it bo- Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was hobo boxcar jumping. Post Malone, and we had like a whole commercial going on. And, and he's basically he's got overalls. Yeah. He looks like Johnny Appleseed. He's yeah. got a pot for a hat. Absolutely. That he actually flips the pot over and he starts cooking his Post Malone cereal. Yeah. In the pot, and he's sitting in a dark corner of a box car, yeah. and it just kind of zooms in in the darkness, and a little rat scurries. Yep. And and he and he's got and he's got his his red handkerchief on it tied to a stick, and you know I heard that the Post Malone cereal. I heard that it actually it has the consistency the little of grape nuts and the flavor of cream of wheat. Wow! So all rolled into it's one. All bland very, and horrible things. Yeah, but it's got a, a lot of it's got a lot of artwork on the box. The right. box is covered in, in artwork, hand like, hand drawn yep. artwork. Exactly, like all over the like face a, of the box. A, a three year old child would draw yep. on a notebook if they were asked to. Absolutely, symbols of things that don't exist, and that's what you happens when you when you put a lot of artwork on something mediocre. <laughs> right. So that's, that's what happens. That's what happens. Uh, Post Malone. Well, speaking of that, how do we skip over this one? Mike Shinoda selling his first piece of cryptocurrency art. Lincoln Park's Mike Shinoda. Did you hear this? No. He sold his first piece of crypto art. I didn't even know this was a thing. It's a digital piece of artwork, and it's called the One Hundredth Stream. And it received a high bid equaling $30,000. Wow. Which is 200 of this other type of currency. It's called, um, what is this type of currency? It's some some type of cryptocurrency that they're basically paying for artwork in. Huh. And what the deal is, is he's donating the money, by the way, to the Michael K. Shinoda Endowed Scholarship at the Art Center College of Design to benefit students. The crypto art world is where, quote, Creators trade one-of-a-kind artworks for special type of cryptographic token while retaining the art's copyright. Wow. So That's really interesting. Right? Yeah, big time. Shinoda has now uploaded several more pieces of his NFT art. Uh, yeah. There's another guy who going doesn't for sleep. The, going for that price. Yeah. Jesus, man. Lamb of God releasing the 20, 2020 deluxe edition of their self-titled album March 26th with a DVD, a live album, bonus tracks, and more. So check that out if you guys are a fan of that. Oh, also, great. some new stuff from Greta Van Fleet. They got a new album, The Battle at Gardens Gate, which is coming out April 16th. They just released the new single, Heat Above. So if you guys are a fan of them, check them out. Uh, Serge Tankian, we were saying, what a shame that, you know, Serge Tankian just released his five solo EP, which is called Elasticity. It's coming out March 19th. He, these were songs that he originally written for System of a Down. And we were saying, kind of off stream, talking about this, that, um, you know, it's a shame that they got together to do those two songs for charity, and then yeah. he goes and releases this five-track solo EP that were songs written for System of a Down, like as his own thing. Oh yeah. Instead of releasing them as a System of a Down six-song album. Oh like, man, what how do you think? Do- how dope would that be to have a seven-song album right now? I mean, from System of a Down, yeah, all original for charity. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that would be so cool. I, I, I wonder. I mean, I guess, I guess it's obviously some inner turmoil with the band, uh, financial stuff, music rights issues, I'm sure. I don't know all the details to that. But it's just a shame outside looking in. We're like, yeah, you know, I, missed opportunity there I, to I raise know. even more money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if they just raised $600,000 with two songs, imagine what they would have done with a full album. Oh, yeah, big time. Right? Oh, yeah, the, huge. Full album that people actually liked. You know, Dahlia, she was saying she doesn't even like those. She She's not a huge fan of those two new songs. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like yeah, you know, I kind of kind of agree with you. They're not very strong system of downs they, songs. You know, they were kind of probably done for the charity. They're talking about the people of the charity in Armenia and yeah. stuff. Probably written kind of, you know, haphazardly. Whatever, right? But I imagine like, if they yeah. would have done a full album. Oh, it would have been great. I, mean, I, I like Genocidal Humanoids. I'm not a big fan of Protect the Land. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's like exactly how you described it. Like, it kind of seems like they just kind of like threw the lyrics together really quick. But for Genocidal Humanoids, I, I, I'm actually a big fan of that. I think yeah, it seems like a good system of it. Yeah. A typical system of a down yeah. song, like something they would have wrote, right? Protect the Land's like, eh, it's all right. All right, uh, Metallica actually setting a record uh, this week. Pretty interesting. They scored the top five spots on the Billboard vinyl charts. Uh, first time in history since the charts debut in 2011 that keeps track of these things. They got all top five spots uh, with because they're basically reissuing all of their albums on vinyl th- exclusively through Walmart. Mm. And so it's all these vinyl variants. You see the different colors there. Uh, they're only available through Walmart, so record collectors... Uh, immediately pounced on them online, sold out online, and then all of the stuff in the stores. Um, I, I have to be honest, I went on my way home from work after reading this, uh, the story to the Walmart here locally. They were all gone. There oh, really? No, yeah, there was nothing there. Uh, apparently, they were stocked up on them last week, and only the fan club members from Metallica got an email about it. Oh. So not a lot of normal run-of-the-mill regular, you know, casual fans, I guess, if you will, Yeah, knew about it. And so, kind of a bummer, but, you know, Walmart uh, kind of st- uh, stirred the pot with the local record stores that, like, kind of saying, like, hey, we don't get a chance to get any exclusives for this. Why are you giving it to Walmart? They don't need the money. Yeah. But then some people made a point, too, like, on some of the videos, maybe, like, if you live in Bumfuck, Iowa or wherever. Oh, yeah. You don't well, have, you a have a record is a Walmart. Store. All you yeah. got is a Walmart. So if they got a Metallica record there, that's yeah. pretty cool, right? Yeah. That's about all you're going to get. You know, you don't have much of a choice. Did uh, a did 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 they really stir the pot, or did they stir the pot? Stir da. the pot. Da. <laughs> I think the latter. I think the latter. Yeah, there. that's probably what happened at a Walmart. We won't dwell on this too much this week, but there was new allegations from Corey Feldman and Wolf Alice's Ellie Roswell regarding Marilyn Manson. Ellie Roswell said uh, he filmed up her skirt at a music festival backstage without her consent. Um, and Corey Feldman described a different detail. I'm not going to go all into it. Apparently, he kind of, uh, Marilyn Manson, met him after a show and got all kinds of weird things going on there. So check it out for yourselves. Uh, but Manson was dropped by his record label and booking agent after all this stuff came out. And more people are coming out every, you know, seems like every other day with some new allegations. So, yeah, not really looking good for Brian Warner. If Brian Warner was was really kind of uh if if he kind of knew this stuff had happened before the Me Too 
movement, which a lot of this stuff yeah. had happened before. Right. I wonder if he was just like sitting on pins and needles, just like, oh God, when is it right. going to be like my turn? <laughs> it, it, it may have been. Prudent. I bet you a lot of people are thinking like that. Yeah. You know, like shit, man. Yeah. I hope no one brings that up or whatever, right? And you know, you know, you know, did you read about how Justin Timberlake like gave this apology for like his treatment of Britney Spears and Janet Jackson? Oh, I bet. Um, he basically just came out and said, hey, like I was a douchebag. Blah, He's blah, getting was, ahead of the curve. He's getting ahead of the curb and, and then his wife jumped on and said yeah like jessica beal said yeah i appreciate that he's done this and it's like that's kind of like the smart way to go at this point if you were that a little bit of a douchebag yeah just apologize right just get now it out of the say, way hey, now i was wrong yep exactly yeah. it'll it'll go a long way right yeah um all right we were mentioning uh the description of the episode here we uh, weezer's rivers cuomo is working on a musical mm. uh, along with uh cory taylor from slipknot we'll get to that um, but Weezer's idea, or Rivers Cuomo's idea, rather, it's called Buddha Superstar. The Ooh. film shares a producer with Green Day's American Idiot. Uh, he's the one who did the Broadway show. He says, quote, it's something I've always wanted to do, and I can't believe it's taken me this long. I think I just need somebody else to come along and really encourage me. Um, his upcoming four-album project for Weezer also, each LP corresponds to one of the four seasons. The current title is Weezer Seasons, and each record will include eight songs. That's oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's I, I love it. I I heard an interview with Rivers Cuomo a, a couple of days ago on NPR, and he was talking about it. Just that's a pretty like clever it's way. It's yeah, brilliant. Pretty clever way of releasing music uh, every three months. That's a good one. Um, Corey Taylor from Slipknot also wants to write a musical. He says, quote, he wants his musical to be about... Uh, sorry. Uh, I've been toying with the idea of writing musical based on the people who I spent a large amount of my 20s with in Des Moines, Iowa. Like my crew and how we all found each other, how the misfits came together and how we found each other and we kind of saved each other. Yeah. So that sounds kind of interesting, but I don't know how it would be a musical. Like well, what? Like it, the entire musical would be set set in, inside of a Walmart in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. Or, uh, That's exactly an empty field, like them kicking the can down the empty empty yeah. field or something. Yep, and that's it. And like at some point or another, like one of them comes in and says, "Look, I got my mom's cat," and he like lights it on fire. Wow, <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Let's go down to Johnny Meth's yeah. house. He's smoking some meth. Yeah, you know, we can go hang out with him. Oh, dude, guess what? They're doing this thing where like. Everybody's wearing a mask. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. You guys want to smoke some more meth? You should do that. It's Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great musical. That I didn't see that. <gasps> That's the Nightman Cometh number two. Yeah, right? Um, Rob Zombie this week explained to GQ why he went vegan about nine years ago. Uh, this is a little interesting blurb. Wanted to share it with you guys. We actually, I was talking off stream with Charles. That I just had a Beyond Burger. I, I barbecued them here at the house, and I was just talking about how good they are and, you know, I wish they were cheaper and all this shit. Um, but basically, he kind of said, quote, it's becoming more of an established thing. Every day, some new chain like McDonald's or Burger King starts working a sandwich into their repertoire because they can see the meat industry has an unsustainable future, end quote. You know what? I got a little, I got to tell you, I, I got a secret. You're, you're going to be super secret? pissed. Uh, right before you ate your Beyond Burger, <laughs> uh, Dahlia uh -huh. just switched, like, regular like 80% fat beef, like wow. straight up ground chuck um, in there, and that's Who, what you ate. Damn it. That's what you ate. No shit. Yeah. And well, was, yeah. I couldn't tell. Yeah. Couldn't tell the difference. Uh, you could tell the difference. It no. actually bled. No, that actually bled. Yeah. I oh, thought it was beet juice. I'm going to, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm, 
I, I'm, I, I have yet to try the Beyond Burger, but like we are such huge fans of Morningstar products. Like we always have. Oh, you haven't tried, patties. dude. I'm gonna give you one of our packs. We have okay. a pack here in uh, from cool. Costco. It comes in a four pack. I, you, you know what? You hook me up with one. I'll hook you up with some Morningstar yeah, products. Sounds good. Yeah, we're we're all about that. That sounds awesome. Uh, this week, rock birthdays: Vince Neil, Motley Crue, sixty. Henry Rollins, 60. Peter Gabriel, 71. Rob Thomas. Yeah. Rob Thomas. From Matchbox 20. Oh, God. 49. Maceo Parker, badass sax player from James Brown's legendary band. Uh, 78 this week. And Charlie Day. We we're talking about the night, man. Charlie Day. Charlie, Charlie Day Charlie turning Day. 45. God, and it's Charlie always sunny in Philadelphia. Awesome. I am shocked that Vince Neil made it to 60. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Well, he survived that car crash. All kinds of shit, man. Oh, he yeah. should have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. Jesus. Keith Richards too. Shit. Oh yeah, I know. All right? those guys, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he. Uh, how he the is. hell do they survive? Yeah, he's a walking puppet. Uh, all right. This week in music history trivia, guys. 1964. This band from the UK play their first ever concert in the US. First ever in 1964. Was it A. The Beatles, B. The Rolling Stones, or C. Pink Floyd? What do you, you think? You know what? Oh, so I know the answer to this. Do you? I know the answer to this, and and uh, and I, I normally I would go off on like you know we were talking about this earlier. I would go off on a, on right. a tangent about David Crosby, right? And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that although I know the answer with this, I'm still convinced it's the Rolling Stones. Still convinced it's the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I actually know the answer, and I'm still convinced it's the Rolling it's Stones. It's the Beatles. They played their first U.S. concert. Took place at the Washington Coliseum in Washington, D.C. Mm. On the bill was Tommy Rowe, the Chiffons, Carvels. This began the British invasion of similar bands to tour the U.S. Pink Floyd did not com- uh, form until the following year in 65. Yeah, yep. Uh, David Crosby's in there somewhere. <laughs> he probably is. He probably were. Probably uh, all right, one more this week because we got a celebration this week of Rush's 40th anniversary of Rush's Moving Pictures album. One of the tracks, YYZ, was the last Rush song ever recorded that clocked in over 10 minutes this week in 1981. What does YYZ stand for? Is it A, the initials of Neil Peart's drum teacher, B, the airport code for a Toronto airport, or C, a Legion Hall in Montreal, Quebec? You know, I am gonna, I'm going to say that this would be an interesting... So the fans of this podcast, um, I want you guys to come up with the actual name when the initials are YYZ. I want, I want, I want Chris, Chris could tell us the answer to this, but to this, but I want you guys to come up with that name. Is it, um, is it Yanni, uh, Yofsterson, um, Zabara? Could be. Is it? Or uh, Ying Yang, uh, Zamboni. Zamboni. Yeah. Ying Yang Zamboni. Yeah. Could be Ying Yang yeah. Zamboni. Absolutely. That was a, you know, a storied hockey yeah. player. Yeah, Yin Yang Zamboni. Yeah, absolutely. He was said to clear the ice like a Zamboni. Your your Yanker Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That was a that was actually um, a pirate Led Zeppelin cover band. Yeah, your Yanker Zeppelin. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. Yeah, yeah, and they later became Greta Van Fleet. (laughs) (laughs) Little known fact. Little known fact. Right. Wait, you didn't answer it. No, it was, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> he veered off. <laughs> it was the uh, airport code for Toronto International Airport, for Toronto Pearson International Airport. YYZ. There you go. Fun fact. Um, all right, let's move on. We got, what else? Movie, inter- TV, movie TV entertainment news. Cyberpunk was hacked in an ironic twist this week. Uh, CD Projekt Red, they got hacked, and... 
they did Cyberpunk 27, which is all or 2077, which is all about hacking. And yeah. And they got hacked, and it's got it had a really bad release. We were kind of joking off stream about just kind of what a bad year it's been for them. Yeah. Uh, this whole mess of delaying the game, subpar reviews, and now the whole community gets their information hacked. And um, you, you know what? The game I, it it has so much promise too. And I know like Lalo, you liked it, right? Like, you, yeah, the story is awesome. Just right. the it was, it was really glitchy, I guess. It shouldn't have been released when it was. They should right. have just pushed it out even more. Yeah, it's cyberpunk. It just can't get a break. And poor everybody that uh, apparently bought it may have their uh, information compromised. At the time of the pressing, the player's and user's info was not compromised. Yeah. So hopefully it'll stay that way. Uh, but we'll see. They're not paying their ransom, uh, the hacker's ransom. Mm. So. Critics' Choice Awards, lots of good ones, uh, mostly Netflix films. Uh, we were saying the the top ones this year, uh, which is uh, Mank, the story behind Citizen Kane, mm. which was directed by David Fincher. Rosebud. Um, <laughs> Rosebud, yeah, <laughs> from The Simpsons. <laughs> Rosebud. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, nice. Scored eight mentions. Um, Netflix leads the streamers to Five Bloods from Spike Lee. Uh, Mank. The Trial of Chicago 7 and more. So yeah. Netflix really doing a lot of them this year. Yeah. And no surprise. Everybody's been watching oh, Netflix. Yeah. So yeah. they they have to have good content, right? Absolutely. I mean, well, Netflix, it's actually kind of funny. So Netflix, it kind of seems like their, um, their recipe is like, come out with like 50,000 mediocre films. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then one or two will be good. Well, yeah, one or two will be awesome, but just keep pumping them out. Yeah, and I guess, you know, hey, they got the budget for it. Yeah. And it's keeping people employed, and it's I like how they're just taking chances. Yeah. They're just, you know, a lot of them they know probably aren't going to stick, but they're just having fun and, and getting what they can and doing, yeah. doing as much as they can. I think that's pretty cool. Big time. Uh, this was an interesting little blurb. Okay, so Wayne's World apparently broke the SNL curse of this little side stage. It was called Studio 8H, and it was a stage where sketches go to die, and Wayne's World was supposed to be a sketch that went to die. It was like a, you know, Lauren Michaels put it in at the end of the show. He was on. They were talking with The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon this week, and so they said, quote, the first time we went on, we were the last sketch, Carvey said. Fallon pointed out that Wayne's World was done on a portion of the Studio 8H stage where sketches go to die. Myers interjected the dead corner that doesn't have an audience looking at you at all. They have to watch you on a monitor, and you're like, is anyone watching? You feel like you're sending it out into space. How hard would that to be, you know, if you're doing a live show, all the sketches are live, audience is right there, and then one of the last sketches, you're doing it in a corner where there's no audience at all. Yeah. And you're just like, is this even working? Is anyone thinking this is funny? Yeah. Like, and you're right? not getting any laugh tracks. Or Nothing. You're not getting any, yeah, No, nobody's... Uh, reciprocating, yeah. That, w- that would be horrible. And this was the only one that survived out of that stage area. I guess a lot of sketches went there, and it was really bad. But Wayne's World was one of the ones that uh, survived it, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, just a ra- random yep. random question. Have you ever seen the um, the skit with... Um, with uh, what, what's it, what, Lala, what's that pizza? The pizza? Tor- tor- tortellini? What are those pizzas? 
Tortinos. Have you ever seen the Super Bowl one with Tortinos? Uh, maybe. Yeah, oh. where like they, it's it like gets darker. Kind yeah, of they're like go, 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 go. And they're like, oh, touchdown. Yeah. And the whole time they're watching a blank screen. <laughs> right. So that one is like probably one of the funniest <laughs> SNL skits I've ever seen. Right. And she's like, my hungry guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I like, and and I think of that kind of like that. Right. <laughs> like they don't have an audience laughing at it. They're just no, filming it. But it's have to pure yeah. gold. And you just have to know and have faith that the the material you're doing is is yeah. good. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's tough to tough to do that. Look. Look that skit up. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. I I remember when when that came out. It was all weird. Yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, touchdown. Oh, (laughs) fumble. (laughs) She comes out and, like, looks at it, and then she just drops a plate of Tortitos because it's a blank screen. Uh, So funny. (laughs) You guys will like it. Um, This was uh, kind of shitty news, but just be aware, guys, if you're skiing or snowboarding in the area, Avalanches in the U.S. last week, 14 people were killed. It was the deadliest uh, week on record. Uh, it, six states had avalanches where people died. Utah, Colorado, New Hampshire, Montana, and California, as well as Alaska. So in three of those incidents, multiple people were killed. Four in Utah avalanche, three in Colorado, three in one in Alaska. At least 21 people have died in avalanches in the U.S. since December of this last year. It's one of the deadliest years. So snowpack is not good. If you're going to go out there, go with a friend so you're not by yourself uh, out there on the top of the hill. You know, like, oh, I just want to get away from work and go, sh- uh, you know, shred this shitty snow. Yeah. Don't do not do it. Uh, you know, try and bring somebody with you at least and don't get crazy. One thing I can also add to this, too, it's kind of driving me crazy over here is is – you know, like, because, you know, the snow fell and everyone was, have been, they've been kept indoors because of COVID. And, uh, and it just kind of seemed like when the snow came on, everyone was like, you know what? Screw COVID precautions. Let's just go all skiing and snowboarding. Yeah, so you see, yeah. like, tons of people crowded into these places and breathing on each other and no masks. And it's just kind of like, don't, don't add tragedy onto tragedy. If you're going to go do this. Um, a, avoid avalanches, right? <laughs> B, wear a mask. That's right. Yep. Definitely. Um, this was some good news this week. We'll end it on this. Um, Alex Trebek's Jeopardy wardrobe was donated to a homeless organization. 14 suits, 58 dress shirts, and 300 neckties gifted to a charity that helps formerly homeless men find jobs. Chris, I, I think you got that wrong. I, it's supposed to be... What was donated to a homeless organization? That's right. You're right. I didn't put it in the form of a question. That is my fault. Uh, sorry, Alex, from Beyond the Grave. He's, that was rolling, de- he's rolling in the grave. That was my dedication to Alex <laughs> Trebek right there. That was my homage, nice, if you nice. will. Um, it's called the Doe Fund. It helps formerly homeless men find good jobs. Uh, and this was all the suggestion of Matthew Trebek, Alex's son. Uh, in conjunction with his former Jeopardy co-workers. They donated um, 14 suits, 58 shirts, 300 neckties, 15 or 25 polo shirts, 14 sweaters, and a bunch of stuff, belts, shoes, all kinds of stuff of Alex, pers- Alex Trebek's personal wardrobe went to charity. Very cool. I thought that was awesome. And that's a good you know news story to end it on there for you guys this week. That was it for the Rock News Weekly podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Check out the photos from our interviews. All of our links are up. Rocknewsweekly.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate it in the podcast in the Apple and Google stores. We do appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.